0: a podcast on the pod fix network you can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com please listen carefully Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 112 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I thank you for giving me some of your time today, and I hope this episode finds you well. Today is episode 2 of our Blast from the Past series, with suggestions from my grandmother. I have no ado for today, so let's get right into today's phrases, origins, history, and more. First up today is Cats have nine lives, a phrase I'm actually surprised I haven't done before since it's a rather popular one. This one means that cats seem to survive things that they shouldn't. It's also sometimes used to refer to a person who survives something or is lucky, as in, you're like a cat with nine lives. There was an old timey times proverb that said, A cat has nine lives. For three he plays, for three he strays. And for the last three, he stays. I couldn't confirm exactly when or where this proverb came from, but even so, we know the saying was in use by at least the 16th century. In Shakespeare's "Romeo and Juliet," written around 1594, he included quote, "Good king of cats, nothing but one of your nine lives."." End quote. So we know the idea has been around a long time. But why do people think this? Cats don't really have multiple lives, do they? Well, the idea comes from a cat's agility, especially their ability to almost always land on their feet. Cats assumed amazing abilities probably stem from how they were viewed in ancient Egypt. Back then, cats were considered to be divine. They were seen as gods, and it was believed that they had supernatural powers, which could include multiple lives. As to why it's nine lives, that's a bit more ambiguous. I found several theories, so I'll share them all with you. Let's stick with the ancient Egyptians first. Their sun god, Atum Ra was thought to take on the form of a cat when visiting the underworld. And supposedly, Atum Ra gave birth to eight other gods. Eight from one is representatively nine lives. And add in the cat connection, and you have the idea that a cat has nine lives. Another Egyptian god named Bast or Ubasti had a cat head, and it was believed she had nine lives. The Celts had a legend about the Cat Sith, which was a fairy creature. It looked somewhat like a big black cat with a white spot on its chest, and it haunted the Scottish Highlands. Some people thought it was actually a witch that was able to transform into a cat, but only eight times. If they did it a ninth time, they would remain a cat until they died. So, in other words, their cat version had nine lives. Now, the other theories I found don't have to do with cats. They focus on the number alone. In Greek mythology, there were nine muses, so nine was an important number to them. China also considers nine to be a lucky number, and it's called the Trinity of Trinities by some. So, this saying really boils down to the historical importance and agility of cats, and the luck that many associate with the number 9. Now, let's do some writing. A ghost writer is someone who writes something for someone else, but publishes it under the name of the person they are writing it for. Basically, it's someone who helps someone else write something, often because the person telling the story doesn't have the skills or time to put the story down on paper in a riveting way. Ghost writing is sometimes also called ghosting, but whichever term you use, it has been in practice since way back in old-timey times. Some people think that Shakespeare's works were written by someone else, and some people think that Homer, the writer of works like The Iliad and The Odyssey, didn't actually exist and was more of just a pen name. Ghostwriting doesn't only apply to books and stories, though. Artists and musicians have used ghosting throughout history as well, and many speeches have been ghostwritten, especially for politicians. Artists have hired other people to help them make prints, or sometimes a work is attributed to one person while multiple people helped create it. Many modern-day singers and performers put out music under their name that they didn't actually write. Mozart was known to be paid to write music for others, so this is nothing new. And while it may not be the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the term, the Bible is technically a ghost-written work. It's largely made up of stories people wrote down after they had been passed down through oral storytelling. Now, often, when something is ghost-written, it's kept secret and a contract is in place to keep the ghostwriter from revealing that they were the ones who actually wrote the piece. Other times the ghostwriter might be recognized, maybe as a research assistant or something along those lines. Some people argue that ghostwriting is unethical, maybe even plagiarism, and some think it's a perfectly acceptable way to put out a creative product. It's been around for a long time, though, so I doubt it's going to stop anytime soon even if it leaves a bad taste in some people's mouth. So, now we know what it is and why it's done. But why is it called ghostwriting? Well, I'm not entirely certain, as I couldn't find anything specific as to the name. I can tell you that while the practice has been around for a long time, the word isn't all that old. Ghostwriter as two words was first used in the last few years of the 19th century and by the 1920s, it was being used as just one word, ghostwriter. My best guess as to why the term came into use is that ghosts are typically not seen, but their presence can be felt. A ghostwriter does their work unseen, behind the scenes, ever-present and yet invisible. Obviously, I'm just speculating, but I suppose it's as good a guess as any. So with that, let's move on. The next phrase Mimi gave me was, the beat goes on. I guess this one counts as a turn-of-phrases tidbit because there isn't much information out there about it. This one is a confusing little saying because the meaning seems to be a little ambiguous, but its origin is easy to pin down. It comes from the song, The Beat Goes On, which was a hit song released by Sonny and Cher in 1967. Interestingly, this is slightly related to the ghostwriter saying, because only Sonny Bono has official credit for the lyrics. Anyway, that's where the saying came from, but what does it mean? Most people seem to agree that the meaning is that the beat means time, and that time is always moving on. This does seem logical, however, another theory is that the beat means a heartbeat or musical beat. Whatever Sonny and Cher meant by the song, I think most people use this saying as a general way to say something will continue. That's all I have for this one, so now it's time for today's Familiar Quotation. Topper's Today's Familiar Quotation is from Mr. Samuel Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain. Quote, one of the most striking differences between a cat and a lie is that a cat has only nine lives. End quote. Thank you, Mr. Clemens, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or for Words. Love advice from old-timey times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old, and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't snub your husband. Nothing is more unpleasant for lookers on than to hear a snub administered by a wife, and it is more than unpleasant for the husband, it is degrading. And now for the men. Don't expect to understand every detail of the working of your wife's mind. A woman arrives at things by different ways, and it is useless to worry her with why does she think this or that. All right, toppers. That's going to do it for episode 112. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnafhrases.com to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. Also, check out the show notes for links to the PodFix Network and to my merch store. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Last but not least, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast. Researched, written, posted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, may your beat go happily on. Toodaloo! Let me rephrase. Which was a very... uh, (laughs) Really boils down to this. (laughs) Or their work is sometimes a work... Nope, nope, nope. Many modern day singers and performers... Performers? (laughs) That's all I have for this one. So that... What was that?